So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, today we're talking about the importance of a hobby and, you know, why a hobby could dramatically improve your life. That sounds probably like a little bit of an overstatement because hobby... Uh, hobbies are thought of as like this very casual kind of thing like oh yeah I have this hobby it's this thing I do on the side so how could something casual dramatically improve your life but you know it's interesting when I was in my early 20s I I had all kinds of hobbies and interests you know like I was studying the sciences at the time so that was more my work and I worked in a lab so really and truly it was my work but I played on a bunch of different sports teams I was probably on three or four sports teams and you know I was kind of um I don't know, interested in like other, other subjects that were maybe not really school related, but, you know, just doing research on this and that and picking up new skills and trying new things and traveling was fun. And I don't know, it was, it was really interesting. And I, I've reflected on probably the last few years of my life where, you know, I've got a bit more locked into my career, married, things changed. And it's funny how the, the things that we had time for because we had time for them suddenly just disappear. And what we're often doing with our clients who are at the stage of life or further along is we are helping them find hobbies again and and helping them kind of resuscitate this area of their life. And the main reason is because a hobby is not an optional thing. That's the problem is it's so casual. So you think, yeah, you know, there's certain seasons where I have a hobby and certain seasons where I don't or whatever. But we all actually need them in our lives to really feel fulfilled to have an outlet, to breathe, and I would just say overall to be healthy. Hobbies give you the space to um, to be away from work, to be away from the cares of the world or responsibilities, and to just to be focused on something without any kind of weight. And um, it's a lot harder if, if you don't have, I would say, a community that naturally pursues hobbies together. So, you know, I'm thinking of some of my friends, who are still, yeah, they've been friends since high school. There was a big group of us and a smaller group of them are still friends. And I, I see them occasionally and, you know, we're, we're still friends and whatever, but I, I moved away and they didn't. So their lives have really amalgamated. And all the guys play on a bunch of different sports teams. So it's cool because they have a hobby that is sort of intertwined with their primary community as well. But I would say, a majority of people don't really have that luxury. And I would say I don't even have that luxury, which means hobbies have to be pursued a little bit more intentionally. Now, I want to give you some ideas on what that could look like, but I want to just start by saying the reason this is so important in the recovery process is because when you, if you think about why an addiction exists in the first place, our two, our two beliefs here are that addiction is either caused by pain or a lack of intimacy. And so in those two places, we pursue substances and, and behaviors that allow us to cope. Now, obviously, addiction is not a healthy way to cope, but a way to cope nonetheless. So the reason a hobby is useful is because hobbies give, they give you the space to, uh, to breathe a little bit. 
um, which is a very important part of coping. Coping is really what we're after here. The reality is you will experience disconnection in your life. You will experience things that cause you pain in life. And the healthier we cope, the better. Now, hobbies are not necessarily a way to cope. What hobbies allow is they they provide some cushion in your life so that you can cope better. Uh, let, let's think about it this way. If, if I get really mad and every time I get mad, I throw something at the wall. The problem is not that I am mad. Like being, being mad is fine. Having anger is acceptable. The problem is I am, I am not, there's no gap from when I feel angry to when I react to the anger or respond to the anger. And so throwing something as an example at the wall, if I do that every time I'm angry, the problem is there's no cushion. There's no cushion between the stimulus, whatever caused me to feel angry, and the response, which is throwing the thing at the wall. And my goal, if, if this was me, my goal in, in anger management, so to speak, or healing, is to widen that gap. So it's to say, it's not to say like, Cynthia, don't ever feel angry. It's to say, when you do feel angry, what are some things you can do that will allow you to just get a bit of space here before you decide how you're going to respond to it? So a, a very typical solution in that context would be breathing. Because breathing, it for starters, it causes you to focus on something other than what's, what caused you to be angry. But secondly, physiologically, breathing actually will engage different parts of your brain that will allow you to regain some focus and think a little bit more, more cohe- uh, coherently. That's the word, coherently. So if you translate that now, when you think about when you feel pain, when you feel disconnection, or let's just talk about when you feel an urge, hobbies are not the solution. Hobbies are not the thing that is going to allow you to you know, get get free of porn and they're not going to be the thing that's going to help you avoid an urge. It's not like, yeah, every time you have an urge, just go, you know, build uh, a toy car or a mechanical plane or, you know, whatever it is that your hobby is, go play a sport. Um, You know, that's not always going to be realistic. But the point is when you have some of these practices, they're, they're sort of the sneaky secondary practices in your life. You're, you're better cushioned. You're more stable as a person and what it means is that in those moments, there's a bit more of a gap between the stimulus and the response. So hobbies are one of the, the those things. It's kind of the secret sauce, or at least one of the secret sauces that allows you to be poised at all times or a majority of the time to respond to pain, to respond to disconnect, to respond to temptation in the heat of the moment in a way that's actually appropriate. Because typically what happens is, you know, you get an urge, right? You experience pain, you experience the disconnect, those feelings come up, they get triggered one way or another. And if you have not really built any kind of maturity or any kind of wherewithal within you, then what happens is you're just like, well, I guess you, you kind of make the decision. You may not know, you may not go act out right away, but you make the decision. Well, when I get home tonight, I'm going to relieve myself or I'm going to go watch porn or whatever it might be. So the point is, when you when you kind of grow in maturity and when you have hobbies regularly in your life, you widen the gap. You just you are a much stabler, stronger person. You know, I was just listening to a, a podcast with uh, Craig Rochelle, who's a, a leader that I really respect, and he was interviewing a, another very successful leader, and they both talked about their, their struggle with their addiction to work. And I have, I have observed that in myself at times where I can really get caught up on wor- in work so much so that, you know, when I should be having dinner or when I should be out with friends, 
in those spare moments where the conversation's quiet or, you know, I don't know, like there's just, there's not a lot going on, uh, my thoughts will gravitate towards work. Now, I don't actually, I'm like really good as far as like, I don't check emails on my phone and that kind of thing. It's not necessarily that I do work, but if I'm thinking about it, I've now taken myself out of the moment and it's become a problem. Kind of an indication of like, okay, you might be a little bit too obsessed there. There might be a little bit too much going on. And when you are uh, a person who has hobbies, what it does is it it just it puts your brain in a state that says, "Hey, work is not everything. I'm concentrated on this." And if you do this regularly, so let's say for me, a hobby is playing sports, which it it, it truly is. It's been a while since I've been able to be in a consistent league with COVID and all that. But playing sports just allows me to leave home at home, leave work at work, and just enjoy the moment. I'm assuming that the sport is of decent intensity. You're forced to really concentrate on what you're doing and be focused on that. And what it's conditioning your brain to do is say, hey, there are times in your life and in your day where you can turn this other stuff off. Again, cushioning gives you a, it gives you some space. It, it, it gives you the, the space to, to just relax, to decompress a little bit, to have some fun with the guys while you play sports. But the second thing it's going to do is it's just going to teach your brain, hey, there are actually times where we can turn these things off. And both of those are very, very powerful. Now, John Eldridge said it uh, quite differently, but really conceptually, it's the same. He said that every man needs an adventure. And it's it's very similar. I would say a hobby is kind of a a subcategory of adventure where you have something that you're after, a, a goal, a pursuit, something that you're intrigued by, challenged by, something that you're exploring and discovering. This is, this is wired into the, the fibers of man. And, and so a hobby plays very nicely into that. And we actually had a couple clients who recently had gone through our, our particular lesson of the program that teaches about or talks a little bit about not just hobbies, but outlets and that sort of thing. And many of them had remarked just not having hobbies in a very long time and the excitement they felt when somebody was giving them permission at their age, you know, in their 40s or 50s or whatever it was, giving them permission to pursue a hobby, to go after it, to say, yeah, go find an adventure, go, you know, be bad at something and learn how to build that skill and get better at it. Um, It can be really liberating, really empowering, and it, it taps into that fundamental part of us that is wired for adventure. Now, let me just give you uh, a list of a couple things that you can really think about that might be good hobbies that are worth picking up. So there's obvious ones, playing sports. I've talked about this. Physical activity like exercising, fitness can be really good. Again, you can be addicted to just about any of these things. So you have to be careful and make sure they're legitimately hobbies and outlets and that they're not, um, they're not just some like new work thing or some new addiction. Um I'm also quite brainy, so I love doing Sudokus. My wife and I have been doing crosswords lately. Uh, together, we're like an old, 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 old grandpa and grandma, like doing crosswords at night before we go to bed. Um, so, you know, I kind of like the brainy stuff. It, again, it just gives me a chance to breathe. And I've gotten a lot better at Sudokus. Like, um, I'm like, I'm doing like the advanced, the like very, very advanced Sudokus now. And it takes me a very long time. I'm, I'm not quick with them by any means but I can figure them out. And that, that's fun. So for me, that's a really fun skill that I've been able to build. And that's obviously not going to last me the rest of my life because eventually that will probably get boring and I'll need, I'll need something new that's kind of a new adventure, right? Um, 
So those are like some, maybe some more, I guess, easy ones for me, some low-hanging fruit. Uh, I think often guys are very good at building. Uh, not all guys. I realize for some guys that's not interesting, but building is a, a big one. So I, you know, when I was pastoring, I lived with a, an older couple in the congregation and uh, the man, his name was Mike, he was just this incredible builder. And so he could take a block of wood and carve just about anything out of it. And he would build these really cool toys. He built like a rocking horse and he would build these like, uh, like a tractor trailers with like a bunch of different uh, attachments to them. And, um, you know, I, I, think, I think building and constructing can be a really cool hobby. Another great example is uh, the arts. So I love music as well. That's something that I have not done a ton of the last year or so of my life, but generally speaking, a huge outlet for me, a really good way for me to just focus, build a skill and kind of, um, you know, just drown everything else out for a little bit and just kind of enjoy. So uh, so again, the arts, I would say at large, that could be drawing, that could be painting, that could be sculpting, that could be dancing, that could be singing, um, that could be writing. So all of those things are great hobbies. Interestingly enough for me, I will probably never write as a hobby because I do so much writing for work between our newsletter, our social media posts. I obviously just wrote a book. So again, you have to just evaluate what's going to really suit you well. Uh, I've shared about it earlier in the podcast. Um, I forget. I think it was pretty early on actually when we launched. But baking for me was a great hobby at one point in my life. I loved baking. I actually still like baking. Um, it's probably a little bit more assignment driven as in like we have a family birthday coming up. So then, you know, my brother and I both bake quite a bit. So one of us usually will get the, the get the call. And uh, but that that's something I really enjoy. Again, baking is just something where I can um, kind of turn everything else off and just pay attention to what I'm doing. That's why I love cooking brunch on the weekends because um, it kind of feeds into that a little bit. Um, so there, there's no right or wrong here. I'm just kind of throwing you guys some examples. Uh, but I hope what you get more than anything is that you need a hobby. You really do need a hobby in your life. And it could be weekly. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would do a hobby that's less than weekly. I would find something you can do weekly at least. Uh, there could be other things that you maybe do my, uh, monthly rather or you know less frequently. But you should have something you can do weekly, something that you're going to look forward to, maybe even if it's just 30 minutes a week where it's like, all right, I'm doing this for me. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm not going to worry about work. I'm not going to worry about you know, life. I'm not going to worry about whatever's stressing me out. And remember, all of this creates cushion and it conditions you so that your brain is apt, apt to make good decisions and positioned to respond in a healthy way to pain, disconnection, and temptation. So that's everything for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this brought you some value. And if, if it did, uh, I'd really appreciate it if you left a rating and a review on your platform. And if you want more trainings like this, you can join Deep Clean Inner Circle. That's a free private community of men from around the world pursuing freedom just like you. We're going to be doing weekly live trainings there. Uh, you're going to get support. You can get coaching from me if you have any questions or things you need extra help with. Uh, I'd love to see you there. It's called Deep Clean Inner Circle. You can find it on Facebook if you type it in or you can click the link in the show notes. Either way, you'll be directed. And I hope to see you in there. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, 
there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.